0: Hello. Hello. Welcome. (laughs) Hello, Olga. Hi, Tracy. We're here today with Tracy Reynolds, Professor of Social Science at the University of Greenwich. And we are recording our first podcast on the Female Professoriate. The Female Professoriate (laughs) is the podcast where we explore the life and work of female academics and the choices and decisions we've made to get here. So, um, I'll start a little bit by explaining how the idea yeah. of the female professoriate came about mm. and uh, and the role that actually, Tracy, you had into shaping this idea. Okay. So uh, when I'm myself, uh, I haven't introduced myself, I'm Olga Martin Ortega, Professor of International Law at the University of Greenwich as well. And um, I've been a professor for a year and a half, I would say now. And uh, when I was... Um, thinking about my promotion and when I was faced with this hurdle of proving my worth, which is that your um, academic uh, promotion papers and, and uh, application process, I was at a loss as what, what it meant to be a female professor, what it meant to be a female professor in international law in particular. I am very privileged because... I come from a family of uh, female academics, so I did have some references, but I didn't really have a reference of someone of my generation um, or someone that I could you know, relate to uh, immediately. So um, I was very lucky as well because I had a, a wonderful mentor who I'll talk uh, more about, uh, Professor Linda Burke, that used to be at the University of Greenwich as well, and she helped me very much through this process. But I thought... Actually, it would have been really good if I had been able to have these kinds of conversations that I am hoping we can have. And I have had uh, an opportunity to hear female academics talking um, and understand who they were, Mm -hmm. not only the amount of papers that they've written. And so... um, Tracy, it was very interesting when we met for the first time. I think it was the first time we actually were properly meeting That's as, right. yeah. as women, not mm. just as uh, members of a committee. Yeah. And we sat together and we made this joke about, oh, look at us, the female professoriate. And uh, this is how the idea of the name came about. And uh, in a way, uh, you and I have been until very recently, the female professoriate in our faculty. That's correct, yeah, yeah. So welcome to us, to our female professoriate. And um, uh, what uh, we would like to explore is um, uh, how we got here, but what are the the main relevant things that we think have shaped our careers Mm. and they have shaped our lives.
1: Yeah. So I would like to start by asking you, what are you working on at the moment, Tracy? So um, I'm working on um, projects which explore and focus on migrant families and particularly vulnerable migrant families in the UK. And it's really developed from a research interest um, of 20 years now, where I've been looking at black families, um, issues of exclusion, issues of marginalisation, how race and how gender sort of shape our experiences and some of the barriers that we face in society. So the project, what I'm really interested in is... um, using creative and participatory methods mm-hmm. um, with the groups that I'm working with to co-produce knowledge because increasingly I've become a little bit cynical, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we, you know, there always tends to be research on or on behalf of Uh particularly vulnerable, marginalized groups. And it's like, Uh well, and this notion that they don't have a voice Uh and that didn't really relate to my experiences. I was thinking, actually, the groups that I've been working with, they do have a voice and they've got really powerful voices Mm -hmm. and they know their experiences better than Uh me. So why not think of methods and ways to provide the space and the platform for them to have that voice? Because oftentimes it's not that they don't have a voice, it's that they don't have a way for their voices to be heard and to uh-huh. be listened to. So one of the projects I'm working on, I've got various projects, but we all connect. It's using um creative and participatory methods, um particularly um working with um migrant mothers who experienced no recourse to public funding. Mm-hmm. um And it is an issue in terms of their social rights, but also mm-hmm. their human rights and also their citizenship rights as well, and just a lack of recognition of that.
0: So it's very interesting to hear that... As- how you place yourself as an academic. Yeah. As uh, Normally as an academic, we're always told to be objective, yeah. to look at the reality into um, a neutral way yeah. and to present it as such so the reader can take their own decision yeah. as to where they stand. However, it seems that uh, part of your research design has to do with yeah. being located in, in one of the... Yeah. Uh, the area
1: Definitely. um I've been fortunate enough to when I first started doing my PhD um the sort of my supervisor and then other people that I met along the way they were very qualitative researchers they were feminist researchers and very much this idea which I made a joke of when you came in the doors like the personal is political mm-hmm. so for me I've never been able to separate myself Mm -hmm. from the research and this Mm -hmm. notion that this objective research there's no such thing as objective research Mm -hmm. you think about it you know as a black woman as Mm -hmm. a a black single mother actually my experiences my race my gender is going to shape how I view the world so this Mm -hmm. notion that you can look at things objectively I think Mm -hmm. is a bit ridiculous really it probably
0: is being the objectivity of a homogeneous world I know so you could look at things objectively meant you could look at things from a male it's like it's a very masculine Western yeah. perspective When they say
1: objective Basically they mean White, male yeah. um, Privileged Westernized—that's what they really mean, but it's just not given a name. Yeah, yeah.
0: And so, um, when you say that um, you had uh, this um, outlook to the research uh, from your uh, PhD supervisors and the female academics you encountered at the beginning of your career, Mm. tell me a little bit more about how that journey was. What's (laughs) what's been your journey into waking up into to this and to to who you
1: are? See, I've always sort of called myself a sort of accidental academic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people, if you ask them, did they set out to be an academic or a professor? And they'd say yes. My mm-hmm. argument and my position was I never, ever set out. Mm-hmm. So I did my degree at Goldsmiths College. And um, as part of my final dissertation, I was really interested in um just looking at the experiences of, of black single mothers because there's a lot of really negative sort of debates that mm-hmm. during just this is during the nineteen nineties mm-hmm. about still the same actually now, about black mothers and creating these dysfunctional children mm-hmm. those times it was mugging now it's knife crime so there's lots of mm-hmm. parallels mm-hmm. but anyway on. the mm-hmm. person who was supervising me she said to me have you ever thought of doing a phd and i was like no i don't <laughs> even know what a phd <laughs> is <laughs> i yes. want to work i've had enough yes. of you like you know studying yes. <laughs> so i went i did actually after i graduated from goldsmiths i actually got a job more or less straight after um in human resources at mm-hmm. um, great ormond street hospitals so as a human resource officer and um i absolutely hated the job. Yes. It was yes. what I wanted to do, but I hated yeah. it. I'm very then, glad that yeah. the human resources uh, <laughs> world <that> lost you <laughs>
0: and we gained you.
1: So one day I was coming out of um, Russell Square Tube Station mm-hmm. I bumped into my old supervisor actually and um, she said to me, um, so she was asking me how I was and I told her, about, oh God, I really hate my job and everything. And she said, well, what about that PhD I did? And I said, mm, okay, I'm really, I'm really looking for a change of direction. So she then invited me for a meeting to um, do um, to think about doing a PhD but she was moving to a new job and where she was moving to they didn't have PhD scholarships I think mm-hmm. it was I don't know if it's still the same now but it had to be ESRC sort mm-hmm. of um centre on AHRC. and where she's moving to didn't have that so she put me in contact with somebody else uh-huh. um, and her name was Heidi Mertzer and funnily enough it was at London South Bank which did have uh, AHR, no, EHRC status mm-hmm. at the time and Heidi Murkoff really influenced my work in, um, in terms of being a black feminist, mm-hmm. um, and so I did my PhD, and I was very lucky in that I was able to um, actually publish while I was doing my PhD. Mm-hmm. Um, she she brought out a book called Black British Feminism. It was the first book in this country looking at Black British feminism because books before were from um, American perspective. Mm-hmm. So I wrote for that, and I. Then I was invited to write for another another sort of output on black working class women, Mm -hmm. and so I was able to build it through there. Mm -hmm. And then um, when I finished my PhD, I was offered various fellowships, um, research fellowships, and then um, I thought, okay, well maybe I could explore. this, mm-hmm. maybe having yeah, a career academic. in academic because mm-hmm. I still wasn't sure, I was still uh-huh. thinking, so it was more, it was the writing which actually kept me here mm-hmm. and the researching and really, I, really want, I was really passionate about challenging, there were so many mm-hmm. stereotypes I'm doing my fists like hell, yes. I was so pa- passionate, there were so much negative debates about black families uh-huh. and, but it wasn't very much written about black families and, mm-hmm. and um, other than from an educational perspective and educational underachievement mm-hmm. and I was like no, I want to sort of change and challenge some of these debates, mm-hmm. so it was the writing which kept me here really so, um yeah, that's that was my journey, I and mean, yeah. obviously
0: and and so yeah. you would say that um, these women, Actually, mm. were instrumental in a yeah. way, like showing you that, that you had
1: this capacity, yeah, to to uh, um,
0: you know challenge yeah. yourself, challenge the at the time the the main literature. Definitely,
1: the... I mean, I would say that they was as well as being academics, they were activists as well. Mm. And the other thing which was really powerful to me was, I think I did have a stereotype of what a professor yes. was, a particular female professor, and um, so my first Heidi Mertzer, um she was a single mother, she's mm-hmm. Trinidadian, she um so she's Asian Trinidadian, mm-hmm. um, she lived not too far from me, mm-hmm. um working class background, working mm-hmm. class parents, and similar to my other supervisor, Rosalind Edwards, mm-hmm. who um, you know, she from she was a single mother, mm-hmm. working class background. So I thought, oh, there are people which Look similar exactly. to me, I yeah. can do this. I was I was very influenced by that. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's interesting, yeah, because I wanted to pick up a little bit yeah. on the stereotype of um mm. of uh, a female professors. So yeah. uh, you know, we we have these um, ideas of uh, female professors either have to be uh, these people that are actually fighting the system mm. constantly and mm. therefore are uh, to some extent the same mm. as uh, uh, women in other spheres of in which, uh, you know, the top of their careers yeah. uh, have to be slightly aggressive or at least always uh, Establishing a line and always um, uh, talking slightly uh, higher than yeah. the, the rest of the room. And in a way, someone who's slightly grumpy, and mm. uh, most of the time, among other things, because it's angry that uh, you yeah. have to constantly uh, um, be serious to um, put your boys out. Yeah. Or this other stereotype of like a little mouse, a bookworm yeah. was hidden in her lab yeah. or in her um, uh, uh, research. Research, uh, um and yeah. publishes a lot, and is uh, therefore then for mm. her own merit, and nobody can uh, can question anything because it's like I don't know how many points in research ResearchGate, uh, fifty yeah. points or whatever. <laughs> so, um, so this is why it's important to for us to to be able to uh, show that these stereotypes are old stereotypes mm. and they are not relevant today because yeah. most of us don't don't look or sound yeah. like that. Yeah, so. Th- this this is why I think it's interesting that you had your, the beginning of your career was
1: actually yeah. having these different images of what you could be. I think so. But, but I think I recognise elements in those mm-hmm. stereotypes mm-hmm. in both of my supervisors and mm-hmm. maybe there's a bit of me in there as well. So mm-hmm. I think um, there are times that you have to um, be, you know, to... Loudly vocalise an issue, but mm. you, you know you have. But you pick your battles. Yes. You can't fight the system all the time. I think, yeah. but or oh, you can fight it in, in direct ways. Yeah. Um, and there is a, this element of trying to keep your head below the parapet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not easy. I think for me, just by virtue of being a black woman, it's mm-hmm. very difficult for me to be invisible. Anyway, yeah, that's <laughs> so very I would love to yeah. be able to hide away in a corner sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I can't. So because I'm just, I'm sort yeah. of you're hyper visible. Just because of my racialized body really that is a quite, yeah.
0: <laughs> actually quite interesting because yeah. when you know when we are in meetings uh, with a lot of yeah. male colleagues yeah. and uh, uh, myself you know mm. I'm a, a white woman who's not very big uh, yeah. sometimes I feel invisible for yeah. for those particular reasons but mm. I've never actually um, realized that you yourself physically cannot be as invisible yeah. yeah so the experience it's it's similar in terms of intellectual mm. invisibility problem. Yeah. Probably, but uh, different.
1: Well, you can be invisible in the sense that you could be in a room, but they don't. They don't think that you're an academic. Yes, um, that's So true. they just, you know, they may assume that. Um, you know, I'm an mini- administrator Absolutely. Um, I remember yeah. it wasn't so much in an academic space but I was um, doing a presentation at the House of the Commons yeah. and I, I've had this before but I was shocked how, I thought I was quite smartly dressed because I was yes. to the House of Commons <laughs> yeah. and then they asked me about where, where the tea is and I thought oh, do yeah. I really look like yeah. a tea lady? Oh, I've yes. made an effort <laughs> to dress up <laughs> yes. to, I've actually put a jacket on and a yes. suit yes. Why, why do you think I'm a tea lady? So yes. from that perspective yeah. you know, you're sort of I say you're both visible but also invisible people yes. assume that you're not. And I've had yeah. situations where you know, I'm standing there and people say, Well, you know, Professor Reynolds, I'm like me, and you can see the visible you can yeah. see the surprise on their yes, face. Like, exactly. Um you know, so happens yeah. to
0: me a lot because I, I used to look quite young or yeah. younger for, for my yeah. age. Yeah. And uh and it it did happen to me yeah. when I got my professorship, I would say, and I'm a professor, Olga Martin-Ortega, professor of international law. Yeah. And I could see the people, like the incredulity mm. in their faces, like professor. Yeah. And I was like, is it because I I just kept on saying, oh, it's very flattering. I, <laughs> yeah. do, I look so young. But, yeah. Uh... <laughs> but uh, uh, I don't know if uh, that uh, a male would have the same reaction of mm. people thinking, "Oh, really? So young?" Yeah, which is something that I got very often mm. uh, when when I um, got my professorship. The, most of the reactions in Spain, I'm Spanish uh, originally, was "So early," yeah, "So early," mm. and I'm thinking, "What? Well, why is why is that relevant? So early or so not early? Actually, not early. Yeah. I think it's perfect timing." Yeah, but. Um, the, why? Why would you bring uh, the, the age into the age it, yeah. issue? yeah. So, uh, tell tell me a bit more about your professoriate journey.
1: Okay. So, oh, had, that's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I've been a professor for it'd be ten years now. Wonderful. So, yeah, I was yes. thirty eight when I was a, made a, a professor. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's um, very yeah, uh, very young as well statistically. Yeah, right? yeah. And in terms of my Journey. I think where I think I'm. I feel like I'm still constantly, but I'm less having to prove myself. But I'm mm. less bothered. Mm. And I think how my profess my professorship journey came about is um, I was fortunate enough to have been on a, a large ESR, ESRC project, and then I was also funded to work on a project mm. um, which was very much around Caribbean families and trans, transnational mm. families. And because I really it was one of those golden periods of time. I was able to do research in England. Mm-hmm. I spent time in Jamaica, Barbados, St Kitts and Nevis, mm-hmm. Guyana. I travelled around the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And because I had done so much research, I was able to, I was quite a prolific writer, actually. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of writing. Um, not so much, not as the, you know, I was churning out a lot of publications. Um, so, in terms of, so when I was looking at other people got got professors, professorships, I was thinking, okay, well, I've got. Mm, more publications than them or i've got more funding than Mm. them so why not but i think there's still that little voice in your head thinking well tracy maybe not because you know you don't look like a professor and i wasn't sure what a professor would be i I, you know it's something i just knew and because there's no rules is there really it's quite unspoken it seems to be who you know um and again um it was my, it was my supervisor at the time, but she was still became a mentor. Professor Ross Edwards who said to me, um, "Have you considered putting in for a professorship?" And like so, it was like two years, a two years in progress um, exercise where she sort of sat me down and told me well this is what you need to do this is how you need to shape your application because it's not necessarily about what you've achieved it's the story that you create behind it mm-hmm. and I realized yes. there's lots of unspoken rules as well even in terms yeah. of um, choosing your referees mm-hmm. um, and I'm not know if I should, whether I should say this or not but I didn't realize um, even your referees have to be quite strategic in yes, I didn't choose. realize that either. So, <laughs> um, and there, realized, you know, <laughs> and there are cases whereby if you can, you sound people like informally, mm-hmm. and they may even give informal advice about your application before mm-hmm. you then approach them to be a formal, you know, a mm-hmm. formal referee. I yeah. didn't know all of this. Yes, um, so again, as I said, I've been really lucky in that mm-hmm. I've had people which have sort of really helped and supported me and t- told me about the sort of informal. Things mm-hmm. which are not really spoken about. Yeah, but unless so,
0: you are within the circles. Yeah, in which exactly. You've had a lot of experience a- a- assessing exactly. other people's yeah. promotions or deciding yeah. the rules, etc. Yeah, and we don't tend to be in those in those
1: spheres. situations. Yeah. So it was like um. So I started working for like two years basically. Started mm-hmm. to put together the application, It's almost like pulling together a portfolio, mm-hmm. standing people out as to who could be the sort of supervisors, mm-hmm. having them to comment on the application. Mm-hmm. So by the time it got to When I actually put in for the application, um, I was pretty confident that I would get it. um, Mm -hmm. Not because I think I'm wonderful or anything, but it was because I knew that I met the the official criteria, but I'd also had those informal conversations. It's that Mm -hmm. sort of like, you know, in the sociological terms, that's sort of the capital. The Mm -hmm. sort of things which are not unspoken about, but you know which are out there. So I figured, well, I, I thought it'd be harder for them, for me not to get it but they're still that worried because I still think okay well I'm a black woman mm-hmm. I was relatively young um, you know anything can go wrong but I was thinking mm-hmm. they would have to have a hard time not to get it and I think that's the difference between men and women whether you're yeah. black or not I think with men they can be much more cavalier and just put it in and yeah. they may get it or not but for women we always have to be much better and we have to make sure we yeah. cross all the all the, the eyes and teeth put it in, so it's like it's, they, um, I dare you yeah. to turn me down exactly <laughs> I dare you to by the <laughs> sort time of like, it's, there, it's so <laughs> yeah, perfect exactly. Exactly. That can bring it down. Exactly. Can reject it. Exactly, yeah. and that's that is the big difference. I yeah. think. I yeah. think so. Yeah. No, it's the, yeah. It, you know the, yeah. we
0: normally joke, but if yeah. there's ten criteria, exactly. a woman would have eleven, exactly. and a, and a yeah. man would say, "Okay, yeah. you know, I've got eight.
1: <laughs> yeah. Why not?" i was thinking it took yeah. me two years to actually get the application and um, developed and everything. You know, it could be a, a male. um A male academic, and he probably put the application together in a couple of weeks. You, you you don't. I mean, I don't. I'm stereotyping, but I'm trying to give you that the the point you're taking about having to prepare and over prepare, and then over prepare on top of that. And it's always thinking about in your back of your mind that you could be turned down, so making sure that you're doing everything to make sure that you're not turned down. And I think Mm -hmm. that's
0: probably one of the reasons why uh, females are really good at academia, because by the time we present the results of our work and we stand in front of an audience, yeah there's no way anybody's going to find a flaw in our in our um, research output. Yeah. Uh, outcomes. Because we've gone through all <laughs> the possibilities yeah. of how that could not have been enough. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, not sound enough. Yeah. So interesting. So did you get your promotion once I you... did. I got
1: my promotion. Oh, yeah, it takes fantastic. about a year, doesn't it? It's a long time. Yeah. It takes a long time. But then um, you then go through that sort of... At the time I was... Um, Heavily pregnant with my second daughter, Mm -hmm. um, with my second child, my daughter, and... um, you Then you start doubting yourself, mm. I think. So when I got yeah. it, it was like, oh, my God, I spent all this time getting it. Well, now I've got it. What, what the hell do well, I What yeah, does this mean? What, what does the yeah. professor even mean? Yeah. And does this yeah. mean I felt like I've been working hard anyway yeah. up to that point? I was thinking, does it mean that I've got to work even more harder? Um, how am I going to, um, at that time as well, um, you know, a relationship was breaking down. Yeah. Um, so it's like, well, how, how on earth am I going to manage this, you know, with two children as, as mm. a single mother? Mm. Um, I, you know, how am I going to manage to go to conferences and all that? other things mm. that you have to do beyond you know your yes. your day-to-day job to sort of Show about your professor, and I'm still not even sure what a professor is actually. If yeah, I'm, I'm being but... really honest,
0: <laughs> that's very yeah. interesting because, uh, <laughs> yeah. and this is why I think we're not really sure what a female professor is, yeah. Because uh, when I look at my male professor colleagues, they, they all look so professorial,
1: yeah. For yeah. some
0: reason, that that's the only image that yeah. I've had until now. So, um, it's very interesting that you say that that is like now what because I, I felt kind of mm. anti climax, yeah. I felt you know, people were really happy for me, people that were close to me me and yeah people I, I had amazing uh, reception in my school and yeah. everybody was super happy and my head of school was really really um uh, you know uh, congratulatory mm-hmm. and everybody but I myself had the first this whole thing of like uh, it was is this it kind of like I've worked <laughs> so hard for this yeah and now, like <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm very happy. And now what? Mm. And then this this like big expectations of people really going to expect me now to be yeah. the the smartest in the room, yeah. the the hardest worker, mm. the you know, the do my publications now need to be even exactly know, yeah, like the, the best of the best. The top know? journal should yeah. I be going
1: for the top 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 journals all exactly. the time. Just, yeah. I think we put those quite my yeah. own internal pressures. Yeah, that's true. So it yeah. was I,
0: I remember my um husband saying well, now you're a professor, you can lay back and relax, right? Uh-huh. Like, what do you mean, relax? Yeah. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Now is when the hard work
1: starts, yeah. I remember saying. I remember my dad said the same thing to yeah. me because it, it, they almost see it's like um you achieve a, a pinnacle. Yeah. And that's it. And to be honest, I have seen some professors, again yeah. male, yeah. um, which have sat back and relaxed. Yeah. But it just for me I feel as a, a female, um and maybe change your nature of academia, it yeah. just creates a whole another additional layer of yeah. work of pressure and stress and then of course people expect you to be a role model and then you get asked to mentor um, or to informally mentor or to speak at events just just why have you invited me and basically it's because I'm female and and black and you know um, and it's like well there's other people you could have asked or to sit on various committees because they want to have representation so it just creates this other layer yeah
0: yeah and you're I think the point of uh, suddenly you are um, the mentor of every single female. Yeah, is uh, I made a I made a joke. Is like every every time someone with boobs walks into the fa- the school of law, yeah, I get called to mentor. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Uh, uh, it, automatically, mm-hmm. and I think this um, as well. Create a little bit of a uh, this idea of uh, we are in in our own little sphere, and uh, you're women, you mentor each other, yeah, and to to what to to um, act in this world of men mm. or to act in academia in general. You know, it's really great. I'm all for um, for uh, of course mentoring, and this is part yeah. of the podcast as well. You know, to do mm. it's for our um, females that are in an earlier stage of their careers to yeah. to understand how. We did it and see how much we can help, Mm. but uh, but that doesn't mean that I need to be the role model of every single female or and the
1: emotional labor that we have to do, which is often sort of not recognized. Yeah, the caring. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so my my next question to you in exploring this journey Mm. as a as a female academic is, uh, how how do you think what impact um your work has had in your personal life in terms of you know in the way you approach life oh, and, that's a good and, uh, <laughs> and and the way you
1: organize yourself oh. in a way as
0: as your own persona and identity
1: oh yeah. um um I'm, I'm not sure because i i think probably being a mother has probably more influenced yes my role as a professor yeah. in a sense you know what I can and can't do and mm-hmm. the time yeah. I'm very everything is very time restricted yeah. <laughs> and, and I think focus. that's sort of been a, a really important part of part of my journey mm-hmm. um and it's made me but in a way it's made me um less anxious because mm-hmm. I realized very soon on that I I can't do everything I, I'd love mm-hmm. to be able to go off to this yeah. conference that conference and yeah. you know um be churning out books a year and mm-hmm. you know continually getting you know uh funded grants but mm-hmm. I can't, so I have to pick what I can do and yeah. try to do it as the best of, to the to it to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's made me. Um, it's I think it's allowed me to think that you can be a professor, you can be an academic, and there isn't a one way to do it. There's different mm-hmm. ways that you can do it, and mm-hmm. you can be successful in that. Um, I think as well, it's also influenced me in terms of for my background as well. Is that um, I want to make sure that what I'm doing. Um, this sounds very sort of um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the word, but I want to make sure that my w- research has meaning. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure everybody, to else, everybody would say the, the same reviewers. thing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of my work is very much embedded within local communities and very mm. much embedded within the communities. Mm. I do a lot of community engagement work. Um, even the methods that I do and um, are very sort of participatory, sort of community arts-based mm. methods. Um, and um, I'm I'm not just I'm. I'm less concerned about being... I'm. I'm more. I think my. So in in terms of impact, and it Mm -hmm. it may not be a four-star impact case study, Mm -hmm. um, in terms of judging it in academic terms, but I know that the research that me and wonderful colleagues that I've worked with have had much more of an impact than Mm -hmm. impact. (laughs) So it's had much more of an. It's you know, it's changing people's lives by giving them that space or that platform to be able to to talk about their experiences. So I think that's been a big part of my journey. Um, Mm -hmm. and I've learned it's hard, but just not to always be looking at others and competing and thinking, "Well, I need to do this, I need to do yeah. that." It's almost like I have to create my path. Uh-huh. And I think um, because of the research that I did, anyway, on and, and doing on Black families and communities, there's still, unless it's education, and um, mm-hmm. it's, there's still not very many people still even in this uh-huh. now research in that areas. Mm-hmm. So, in some respects, I have been able to sort of create my own path a little bit and go my own go my own way um so it's try not to always follow follow the trend because Mm -hmm. you know every every so every few years there's a new term or a new trend which comes about and before you know I remember when I first started on my academic journey I was told well your research is really niche why are you Mm -hmm. looking at black communities and families why don't you look at you know um families or communities in general why are you looking at families that's just Mm -hmm. you know it seems very female very caring sort of um but I thought no I'm just gonna you know stick to what i want to do exactly. and what interests me as opposed to just jumping onto the, the latest thing which is really mm-hmm. hot and everything and so i think that's why i've been able to sustain mm-hmm. my academic career and it still brings me gets me to work in the morning as yeah, well you know just you finding things yeah. which i enjoy but i mean there's the other side of academia which yeah. i don't enjoy but so. my the research on mm-hmm. my areas that's what sort of sustains me and nurtures yeah. me so i'm not sure if i quite answered your question no no i think, <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting there's
0: as well yeah. this element of uh, the the part of um the academic life that you enjoy. Yeah. Normally, when I I get uh, colleagues say, "Oh, you're so lucky. You're working what you like, yeah. and you're so lucky you can work in and you know these, these issues." And I said, "Well, in my everyday life, I just <laughs> e- write and answer emails. Yeah. So it's not that yeah. exciting in the everyday life, mm. but it is it is a privilege to be able yeah. to work on this. Yeah. So uh, picking up on this. So this um this kind of Capacity to choose your own path and capacity to choose where you put the focus of your attention and the fruits of your efforts. Mm. Is this something that then you think has affected your own personal life, the way you live your personal
1: life? Um, It's affected my life in that um, there's been lots of sacrifices along Mm -hmm. the way. There really has been. I think, um, I mean, there's various, you know, I'm quite interested to know how... female professors which are mothers maintain yeah. a successful relationship <laughs> it's like, where do yeah. they get the time and the energy to balance to all these this. sort of different different yeah. demands um, I've had to sacrifice time you know time with the children mm-hmm. I mean in terms of you know, I'll be leaving here now, but I'm going to get my daughter from after school club, yeah. and you know, she was she went to breakfast club this morning, yes. and she was just like moaning, like, why does she have to go to breakfast club and after school club? And yeah. you know, even being able to pick pick my daughter up from the school gates twice a week, that's seen as a luxury for me. When I see other other mothers, usually mothers, I was gonna say parents, but it's usually mothers, it's, mothers, <laughs> it's usually yes. mothers um, and other sort of carers doing that. So mm. I think I've had to make a lot of sacrifices along the way um, in terms of sort of like my my personal life. Yeah. Um, um, just being able to, yeah, and weekends as well. Yeah, so you, weekends, you know, I mean, working I on weekends, out on weekends, and, <laughs> and, and maternity leave. Oh, I wrote an article. Leave. I still can't believe how I did that. I wrote yeah. an um, an article for American Journal um, when I think my son was about eight weeks. So he yeah. wasn't mobile. He was, but I remember yeah. him lying on the bed and me yeah. writing this article and having yeah. very short maternity leaves. Yes. For
0: both. I, I I was typing. Yeah. My son was born on the twenty third of. Um, March and we had an article due in April. Yeah. I was typing with him attached yeah. to my breast yeah, while yeah. breastfeeding. Yeah. So yeah, I I totally relate to that. People think, oh, you know, you're going to be off <laughs> for X amount of months, therefore you're going to have time mm-hmm. to write a lot, and then you're going to pass them over and ref. It's like, <laughs> no, I tell you, you don't write while you are maternity Yeah. But um, it, so uh, it's this is a topic that is very important for me to explore this idea of. Uh, I'm sure it happens in in many other um, spheres, professional spheres, in which mm. uh, women are at the top, and it's very a, a lot of is very labor intensive, hour intensive yeah. to be and an intellectually mm. uh, exhausting to be at the top of your career um, and be a mother. And I think yeah. um, the issue of motherhood, we are um, as academics or as professional women who are quite high or quite senior now, I always slightly wary of bringing out because um, you don't want to go around bragging about your children on the one hand or like anybody to have you, not pity, but concerned that you're like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm running because my child was sick or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's part of our identity. exactly, And and it, it needs to have a space, mm. not just in our personal life, in our professional mm. lives. This is who we are and yeah.
1: we we can't erase it. Yeah, I think what's really interesting, If there there, there are some debates about academic mothers, but it mm-hmm. tends to be more early career scholars. Mm-hmm. And I'm really interested to look at how senior academics how they manage it's mm. almost like not really spoken <laughs> yeah, about no, and I, I don't know why that is really yeah. um so i'm oh, sorry what was your question yeah no yeah. It, it, it's more <laughs> yeah. like exploring the
0: topic because for example yeah. i get told a lot of times that i'm mm. a superwoman mm. and i you know it's exhausting i don't <laughs> yeah. want to be a superwoman because yeah I, in my case my child is five yeah. so he's still quite little. Yeah. And, and I had to take a, a very um difficult and personal decision of having just one child yeah, because yeah. my husband has a very mm. um demanding uh, career as well mm. and uh, you know so we, we live uh, in a social structure in which uh, the career or, or the income the higher income takes precedence yeah. over the the lower and yeah. unfortunately academic and female academic <laughs> rec- uh, means Not such a higher income. But uh, so uh, this idea that uh, my motherhood impacted in my work, but on the other hand, my work is really impacting in my motherhood. Yeah. And I'm always in this, uh, trying to understand which Mm. part of me is more prevalent and whether they're actually the same thing
1: or not. Uh, For me, I think they are. It's difficult for me to untangle it actually mm-hmm. because I think for me we don't it's not a, a like um well I don't know if maybe people have nine to five jobs anyway but mm-hmm. it's as an academic it's hard to separate your work life from your yeah. personal life it's not yeah, like you have right. um you know you go home and you've done your job and, and that's it mm-hmm. um, so they're constantly impacting on each other. And I think when you was talking, I was thinking about you're constantly having to make choices and you don't even realise that you're making choices. Mm-hmm. So it could be something simple like, oh, there's a, a conference oh, I want to... There could be a conference coming up in... I don't know if a conference coming up in Brazil. And I'm thinking yeah. on the one hand, I would like to go to that. But on the other hand, I'm thinking oh, well, I can't afford to take my kids with me and then mm-hmm. I'll be fined as well if I take them out of school for term yes. time. <laughs> yeah. And then I have to have, go through the hassle of finding childcare for them. Yeah, and really? so I was thinking, oh, can, I think, can I be, oh, and then I think, well, I'm not sure if I can be really bothered to, to do all of that for yes. three days. Yeah. So that's that's the choice. But equally, the other end of that is that... Um, you know, your child may have some, something like school assembly or something like mm-hmm. that, but you know you've yeah. got a really important meeting and exactly. you've sort of like tried to justify to a child why you can't come because you've got a meeting, but yes. they don't they just want you there yeah. and then you sort of like feel this. But I think this is something for all working parents mainly working mothers actually. Yeah. So I think we're we're constantly making choices and I think both identities impact yeah. actually I don't I can't it'd be hard for me to separate yeah, out to the separate two. them yeah it, it,
0: it's this as well the intellectual engagement that mm. academia requires doesn't allow yeah. you but it's not the same uh, you, you're, you if you're with your child, you really can't be thinking of an article. But if you're yeah. thinking of an article, you generally just cannot think of anything else, yeah, because you know, yeah. you are absent because the,
1: the creative uh, yeah. uh, process is totally sucking yeah. all the energy from you. That's so true. It's about compartmentalizing. Now, I remember yeah. one person said to me, I came back from maternity leave, and it was a bit of a judgment. It's like, you're coming back so soon. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, yeah. but she says, Oh, don't you miss your child? And I was like, Actually, no, because and I felt a bit bad for yeah. not missing yeah. him at the time because I was thinking well when I'm at work or I'm writing yeah. I'm not thinking I'm just thinking I know I've got a certain amount of hours yeah. and I need to get whatever I need to yeah. be done before I can go yeah. so it's like I almost switch it's like okay well I'm back to mummy mode now or yeah. you know so you yeah you. it's difficult to sort of Yeah, Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. If I'm being honest, I'm not thinking about my children when I'm at work, unless somebody, you know, unless something like that ill or something. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So, I I think that question of um, yeah, which is slightly uh, people don't necessarily mean to be judgmental in that way but Mm. where you decide i think this happens to all women when you decide to have a longer or shorter maternity as a woman you can't win Mm. if you have a long maternity leave it might be that you don't care about your career enough if you have a short maternity leave you don't care or you don't you miss your child you you know it's very important the first year is very important etc so we can't win no matter what we do Yeah. (laughs) yeah So my next question is going to be uh, regarding what have been the personal gains and the personal sacrifices, the personal gains versus personal sacrifices. In in a way, you've you've yeah, addressed some I of this. Yeah, think so. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It, so personal gain, this this element of freedom and and mm. of
1: uh, only in terms of my research, because of, research, I should just say, just in terms of my research. Um, yeah. in terms of the other aspects of of the job, there's no freedom there. There's so freedom, <laughs> in yeah. terms of the emails, in terms of you know, ref yeah. and TEF and all, all these yes. other sort of things that you do. Committee yeah. work. Come yeah. do. Come so me that's why I said the research actually energises me and keeps me going because yeah. I do have days where I'm thinking, what am I doing? I'm just a you know, yes. administ- I'm doing a lot of stuff is administrative yes. work, and I'm thinking, why am I doing this? <laughs> you I, know, it so uh, how the sector is changing. Yeah, exactly. And the, how, you know, the, the, yeah, the
0: pressures that we're in to yeah. actually uh, not being able to. Yeah. Probably maintain the yeah. level of of uh, mm. research time and dedication, which was what kept us in the job. So mm. we'll see. So um, my, I want to ask, uh, going back to this mentoring role and yeah. things like that. So, uh, how do you see your role regarding your uh, the the females at the younger, uh, you know, earlier stage in their career? The, it's not necessarily
1: yeah. younger. but Um. I I do get a lot of people approaching me. Um not necessarily within, from actually from outside the university. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're saying, you know, I just want to talk to somebody who's, I guess, a distance from where they're working. And so the advice that I would give to people, um, or I'd give to to women, was to I'd say to them to make sure that you get a good network mm-hmm. behind you or supporting you. And I know that it's easier said than done because I think, as you said, the nature of academia has changed and mm-hmm. in some respects it's become quite even more I think academia is not this this idea that we're all collegial friendly is not true it's actually very people are quite ruthless (laughs) it's very competitive competitive but it seems to have Got even worse, or mm-hmm. for me anyway, I'm seeing just I'm hearing of examples of real, you know, extreme exploitation, mm. particularly if your if your early careers or by yeah. more senior academics, really, mm. both men and women. Um, so you know, it's almost like, and also to tell them to create a life outside of academia because I think That's that, that does important. give you balance and yeah. put things into perspective. Because if you're not careful, the job and the role can assume. You could just spend yeah. all of your time working. There's no limit. And exactly, there's no write, limit. And no matter what you do, you're always going to be outstanding. There's always going to be to do. So oh. you just have to be able to create that like, space and create a network outside of academia. I'm always, I think, well, some people say that all of their friends are just acad- academics. That And I'm thinking, oh, that would worry me. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> what do you talk about? <laughs> you're just <laughs> talking about, you. when do you ever switch off? Ref. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ref and what have you. Yeah. So to create a network outside of that, um, people say to me, you know, should they go into academia? And mm. I, I have to be honest, sometimes I would say to them that, you know, the way that academia is, it's probably not unless you're really passionate yeah. about a subject. Um, don't just do it um, because, some, you know, status or mm. um, because... Maybe you like teaching. There's other other routes that you could do, which are not teaching, because mm. teaching is only a small part of yes. what in the, being in the classroom mm. is only a small part. So I would say to some people not to go into academia as I have well. To say, I yeah, that I'm not particularly yeah. Yeah. Um, encouraging yeah. of. Uh, or <laughs> to, if I'm honestly say run, run, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, and don't look back, <laughs> put those trainers go on, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think it's. I mean, if you'd asked me ten years ago, I, I think. Things were, I think, it was a little bit easier if you had your PhD, you got mm-hmm. postdoc, and there was a bit more of a, a route. Yes. Um, but now I'm finding it hard to see what the r- route is because you see so many people just postdoc on moving from postdoc to postdoc, yeah. ten years post, you know, you've know, you know, done their post PhD, they're still postdocs. Yeah. Yes. Um it's very There's precarious. No way to Exactly, a, a stable job, yeah. Like, no highly life. skilled people with you know no stable job or having to move yeah. or having to make great sacrifices in terms of you know leaving their family and moving to another part of the country yeah. or, or even to another country, yeah. Um, so, um, so your question about mentoring was do I, yes. um, <laughs> well, like, yeah, um, well, yeah,
0: like what do you see your role? Oh, you know, and I think, yeah, your point is something really interesting. Our role is. Sometimes you're saying the truth as well. Yeah. It's like no glamorizing the, yeah. the profession at all. And, you know, they, I, I think uh, um, some uh, earlier career um, females see us and they see it, sometimes this kind of a like, look at this super women or amazing yeah. women that do all this. I Yeah. Will. To, I want to be like them and yeah. then in a way you don't want to come no. to them and say oh you don't want to be like me I yeah. tell you I'm so tired well I think if they <laughs> but, get to know
1: me they yeah. realise pretty pretty soon on I'm not a super <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm just sort of well, the- Coping and managing from each thing. That's yeah. like the compartmentalizing, yeah. I think, it's really been really important to me. But no, I'm not a superwoman. No. And so I spend all the time
0: trying to like yeah. show a kind of... Yeah. On the one hand, I think I'm going to show you the reality of yeah. who I am. And then I go like, oh, well, why do you have to diminish yourself to yeah. be able to say, oh, no, look, I'm always tired. Look, I didn't have yeah. time to wash my hair in the past yeah.
1: six yeah.
0: days. Because I think of this. it's a balance.
1: It's about ba- not yeah. putting yourself down... Um, and it is about celebrating our successes because there's still yeah. so few of us yes. um, as professors. But at the same time, it's not trying to present a front, which is not real. Yes. Yeah, so you know, they're so they're it's, it's that, what, it is that yeah. balance and, and making sure that they realize that, yes, you know, there are sacrifices along the way. Yeah. Yes, that yeah. That
0: each of us have to make in a different way yeah. or to, a, to yeah. a different extent. So... Um, What would you like to say to the earlier career at you? What would you Um, like to say to Dr. Tracy Reynolds, (laughs) non-professor just yet?
1: What I would say to me is, and it's actually, somebody said this, it's actually Judith Burnett who told me this. She told me to... Make sure that I use my voice because I think where I was before previously, mm-hmm. I was in a very female. It was a research centre. It was family and mm-hmm. social capital. Very female dominated, mm-hmm. and I felt quite confident there. Um, but I realised when when I was in a space full of male academics, mm-hmm. um, I would go quiet, which is where mm-hmm. I was previously, mm-hmm. and I almost felt like um, it's like imposter syndrome. So yeah. I would say to myself, like, no, you use your voice and what mm-hmm. you say doesn't matter and even if yeah. somebody speaks over you or dismisses you yeah. at least you said it yeah. and actually coming to Greenwich has been a real sort of um you know in some respects I think it's really sort of um I've really sort of grown by coming to Greenwich um mm-hmm. because of the, the the setup of the faculty mm-hmm. it's very male dominated yeah. um <laughs> yeah. and I found that really difficult at first and I remember yeah. I was speaking to Judith and she and I said I I don't feel like I can because I was oftentimes the only woman in the room or and the only only person of colour as well. And I just felt that, and, you know, I I didn't have the gravitas to sort of speak. Mm -hmm. And she told me to use my voice. And so from then on, I made sure that I would try to say something, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just so that my voice is heard. So I would say, I would have said to that, Tracy, starting out um, to use your voice more, particularly when you're in very male-dominated spaces Mm -hmm. and not to feel intimidated Mm -hmm. by buy that yeah, so very, yeah. yeah very good that's,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah. that's uh, very good advice to to Tracy <laughs> and now uh, one uh, last question though one in very important issue that I am very keen in exploring and it's very difficult for um to speak about this uh, generally in this culture like the yeah. the UK which is a culture which is very kind of uh, secretive about money mm. and about salaries mm. it's about the gender pay gap yeah so there's there's obviously a, a gender pay gap Definitely. Uh, and, uh, generally yeah. uh, every
1: uh, mm. profession
0: at every stage but I think uh, one thing that we talk a bit less about and probably female uh, female professors mm. feel a bit of shame about talking is because we're probably uh, like, the highest uh, paid female yeah. in the department for example No. Mm. but we're still the lowest paid the lowest in paid terms professor. of other professors. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, it has to do with many things, including um, the way we got to be professors yeah. and how much longer it took or, yeah. or, or the winding route it took or the yeah. uh, domestic academic work that we also did. Yeah. But um, but it's something that I, I've, for um, uh, many years, have not felt legitimized to speak because obviously I... I am a professor, therefore I am more than my other female colleagues mm. and I think maybe their um, gender pay gap is more urgent. Mm. On the other hand, when I
1: look at my... Some of them, male professors. Uh, male professors,
0: which are great and do a great job,
1: mm. I just, it literally boils my blood. Yeah, yeah. So and your question or you just does asking it boil me? <laughs> your blood as well? Yes, but um, part of that makes me... I think, and that's the other thing I would say to the younger Tracy, and maybe that's the universities should be supporting that, is I think that we're scared to ask for what we, as women, mm-hmm. what we are worth. Mm-hmm. And um so it boils my blood, but also I think I would like to see how some of those men negotiate their pay rises and they're probably yeah. much more vocal yeah. in asking for what they want it's almost like for my purpose, it's all like, oh please please accept yes. me i'm oh, worthy yes. yeah i'm That's just i have like, oh, you know yeah exactly so i think and again it's i guess it's about using your voice and just feeling mm-hmm. confident that you are worth i think the university needs to do something about it because yes. there are um yeah I, I mean i have to be careful what i say here yes. but there is the a there is the as there is a a, a Salary discrepancy yes. um, within the faculty and, and the university as well in terms of um, gender. Yeah, um, I, I think yeah. Um,
0: When you say you know we're we're maybe a bit more shy in asking what we're worth. Mm. The thing is that I think we're n- we're not aware of what
1: we're worth. Yeah, because
0: it's not published, is it? It's not published. Yeah. So in a way, yeah. you know, I'm personally quite happy with my salary until yeah. I think see what others are getting. Others are getting. Yeah, and I, like I don't know what I'm worth because yeah. this is what I was told I was worth. Exactly. Whatever they offer me. Yeah. And I gen- I did not have any capacity to negotiate. Yeah. So whatever I was offered, I was given this is what you're worth.
1: Yeah. I, I wanna
0: be able to know what I'm
1: worth. Yeah. So I think I, you're I right. Don't. I think so. it's it's a it's a combination. So I'd I hope you didn't think I was trying to put just the blame no, on, on no, of women. Course not. Um I think the institution I think for one, the salaries should be published and made public, but I Absolutely. think that would cause an uproar if it yeah. was. But it should. Um, this, but it should be and there's no reason why it shouldn't. I think um and that's maybe things like Aurora should yeah. be institutionally supporting women. Um mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and other leadership programmes to support women mm-hmm. to say, Well, this is if you said this is what the average is, so at least mm-hmm. it gives you a sense of what the average yeah, salary you is you can, and, yeah. yeah. But also I know of situations I'm sure you have as when well, you sat in interview panels whereby you've you've appointed a person, you said this is what you're worth and they've come back and said, Well, no, I'm worth yes. and I think well yes. had the audacity to ask yeah. for like 20 grand more or something and that yes. takes a confidence yes. you know and I'm, I'm yeah. thinking would well, I have that confidence I, yeah. you know I don't necessarily well actually I might do now yeah. I don't know but I think <laughs> yeah. as well you know this is yeah. part
0: of the whole mentorship role yeah. has to do as well with um, helping each other yeah. not necessarily the, the, it's, it's not as well as we got to be professors before we know everything yeah. and therefore we don't need mentoring because mm-hmm. we do exactly so uh, you know it's really important actually. we need to learn from each other how yeah. to uh, yeah. how to ask for a higher yeah. salary or how to uh, write a proposal and things exactly. like that exactly yeah there's, there's this
1: I yeah. keep asking for mentoring, and nobody keeps coming back to me. Yeah, I've been for. Like, a too. for it's this assumption that you can be a mentor, but so what about me? Yeah, I have exactly. my appraisals, and it's yeah. like, what well, you know, I would like mentoring, I would like support. I, exactly. It's just like, well, you know, it doesn't really seem to be much out there. It's, yeah.
0: simply, it's impossible now to find us a mentor because um, mm. we are at the top, and
1: we're supposed to mm. know it all. Yeah, but we don't because, exactly. Well, I'm not even sure what at the top means anyway. What exactly. does that mean? Because yeah. there's always a level above you. There's always, <laughs> you, always know? Right. So yeah. you know. So what does that mean? You know. So yeah. No, but it's it, difficult though, isn't it? It is. And we don't, difficult. I think, as, um, and maybe because we, it's not, maybe we just don't have the time because we're busy rushing exactly. and, sitting and, we and being have... mentors to other people. Yeah, so we we'll don't like have time to learn. Exactly, ourselves. and speak to each yeah. other. and But that's, learn. that's the idea behind <laughs>
0: creating the female professoriate to yeah. us, uh, both, both as a, a conversation, but also mm. as a stronger network in which, you know, I, I, I learn from you mm. of how to manage my time yeah. because I feel I just got here. Bye chance not knowing how to manage my time yeah, but that's or not true is no, yeah, it really yeah, no you of, know. of course but yeah. like maybe consciously I, <laughs> yeah, don't, I, think so, yeah. I don't have um, maybe, yeah. or, uh, for example I country. learn so much I'm very I am very privileged because both my mother and my sister are female yeah. professors my mother is uh, Rosario Ortega professor of uh, yeah. uh, psychology educational psychology that's at the right. University of Córdoba in Spain mm. and my sister is uh, Julia Martín Ortega professor at the University of Leeds mm. so I I get to talk so much to these women mm. and I learned from my sister with my little sister about managing time and she yeah. tells me just in conversations when she tells me I don't look at my email before 11am mm. and I'm thinking oh she's got it all figured out Yeah. and now maybe I can I can uh, put this tactic small tactic in place mm. or she tells me how she dealt with her uh, with the uh, a situation with a male postdoc yeah. that was um, talking over her, for yes. example. Yes. So I have, for me, at the at the lunch table, the Christmas dinner yeah. table, I have these kinds of conversations, and so I learn a lot. So I want to be able to have these kinds of conversations with um, with you as well.
1: Yeah, I think the female professoriate is going to be. I think it's going to be really invaluable resource to. And not just resource, just a network support yeah. um, to female professors, but also to others coming up as well. Yes. Because there there really isn't anything at, yeah. w- which I can think of at this yeah. university or just generally there seems to be a lack of information out there. So I really yeah. thank you for sort of, um, you know, within your busy schedule as well, taking yes, the time well, and, you, you for- know, to sort of to to get the prof- female professoriate up and running and mm-hmm. to you know keep it going and the momentum and you you know the gro- the network's grown a lot since you know we had our, our initial coffee, coffee. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I think it, it's going to be great and if we can have some of those conversations particularly around things like um you know the gender pay gap and mm-hmm. just and also not so much what we can do individually but how we can engage with the institution yes. and um, work with the institution in terms of changing institutional practice i think it would be really mm-hmm. useful and to be honest we're more likely to be listened to because of we do have a lot you know having been a professor does carry privilege it's not all doom and gloom and and because and we can use yeah we can use that platform to and our position to be listened Mm. to and we're more likely to be listened to than somebody who um is more junior in their career i think so So, and we have that
0: responsibility in a way as well as a privilege is a responsibility yeah Yeah. wonderful well tracy it's been fantastic to talk to you I'm thank really looking forward to uh, uh, more female professoriate uh, uh, meetings, coffees, uh, yeah. parties, <laughs> and uh, and to keep uh, um, hearing about your work yeah. and, uh, and engaging with it. Okay, thank you. Thank, thank you, Olga. Thank, you, you, thank bye. you. Bye bye. bye.
1: bye.